Welcome everyone, I'm Sam Sebastian, and you're listening to How Are You Doing Really? In today's episode, I have the honor of speaking with my friend Diane Taylor. Diane shares her story uh, around her mother recently passing away, and the process that she went through in going and living with her and taking care of her in her final weeks on this earth. It's a pretty heartfelt and intimate conversation of her internal and external process around her mother and um, how healing it was to have had the opportunity to be with her um, up until the day she she died. I just have a lot of gratitude for her willingness to share so openly with all of us her Uh, personal experiences and I'm hoping that others are able to take something away from this um, conversation. Welcome everyone, I'm Sam Sebastian and today I'm joined by my guest and dear friend Diane Taylor. Um, Diane has been a part of my life for I think the past year, maybe a little more, a little less. I'm not quite um, sure the exact date or time, but um, yeah, just meeting you through um, our our friend Brendan, who um, knows mutual friends and and has Mm -hmm. connected us and and enabled us to... um, yeah, get to know each other more. It's just been really, really sweet. And mm-hmm. it, what's what's really amazing um, is I noticed that there's more and more, like we've been connected through other groups and organizations. We're both um, students of various uh, psychotherapy methods and um, other healing modalities. And it's just so cool to see all the different threads and mm. we're all... <laughs> Connected. Yeah, yeah, and the convergence of some. yes, yeah, um, and I I really wanted to have you you on today, um, just to have a conversation about how things have been for you, um, during COVID and and all the other experiences, um, that have been happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Sam. I'm I'm excited and a teeny bit nervous to be here, but it's it's really good to be with you. Um, and I I really love the name of your podcast because it kind of has this knowing that we all we're all probably okay, but going a little bit deeper, there's definitely more going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I am a person who will. Like I think I'll always be okay. I'm always okay. I I'm I think I was forced into being really self sufficient early on, um, but yeah, COVID and being sheltering in place um, was a whole new whole new experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I it, it's interesting just as people hear the podcast a little bit more and and know the name of it and and I'll have like I'll I'll send a message like how are you doing and 
they'll they'll make a comment like, "Oh, you really you really want to know, huh?" And <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's. I think we're we're so programmed to just respond with just a, a quick response and then kind of flip it over to the other person to to share and yeah yeah it also has a little oh I'm so sorry um, playfulness to it like but how are you really you know it just brings out you like the Sam that I know like this playful and also person who really does want to know uh, what's going on so. So that's fun. Yeah. And and I I'm I'm curious um yeah, if if there's anything that's kind of on your heart in in this moment or or has been um that you'd be willing to share. Yeah. So, um for me, I mean, as you know, as soon right, I think I can't remember exactly when San Francisco or the Bay Area went into shelter in place, but for me, it is marked on March 21st, which I think was a couple days after the city was kind of shutting down. Um, My mom went into hospice and um, she has had cancer and dementia and she had been in a pretty significant car accident a week prior or two weeks prior and um, so the decision was made to um, put her into hospice. And because of COVID, there were no beds. And so I just went up. She lives five hours away. And I just went up thinking, well, we'll figure something. Like, there will be a bed that opens. And there was a bed that we, they thought was going to open for her. And um and I actually went up to be with her and um, was with her the whole time until she passed away six, five weeks later. And um, so I never dreamed that that would be the way it would end, given just the circumstances. Um, and I think for me, um, COVID was definitely there. It was like the coronavirus and we watch the news every day and it was very much present in our life. But the focus was really taking care of someone who um, like when she came home from, she was in the hospital for a week um, and no one could see her at that point, which is kind of terrible. But I was like grateful for her dementia that she didn't, it didn't like sink to sink in that she didn't like, she wasn't cognizant that nobody was coming to see her except the nurses. And, um, and she didn't ever have to confront her mortality because she was, her dementia was, um, meanwhile, she was mostly up and around walking around and visiting friends and doing whatever with her husband, but she, her dementia was pretty bad, but, um, she came home and she would sit up and she would eat and ask for her favorite coffee that we'd run and get. And three days later, we were feeding her, feeding her either like with a spoon or a straw through a straw, or and and changing her clothes and bathing her and um, changing diapers within three days. And and um, I thought, wow, this is going fast. Um, and I didn't want it to linger, but um, 
it went how it went. And um, so I remember thinking day after day, um, boy, uh, I really wish I could just be home sheltering in place. <laughs> I wish I could just be home having to do nothing and um not and and not, you know I wish that I could just have that time you know to myself it was like really selfish and I I allow that that's how I felt and but I was there for the long haul for my mom but um uh it was so funny I'm like all these lucky people they just get to be home and do <laughs> nothing you know? so um yeah I mean what complicated taking care of my mom was actually probably easier than her husband who also has dementia and was way more like mobile and wanted to go out. He didn't understand the virus and didn't understand why he couldn't go to the bank every day and the post office every day. And, you know, and he had just crashed his car. And so he was really going through um, uh, the painful process of not being as mobile as he used to be. I mean, they were both, they're both late eighties. So they, he shouldn't have been driving. We just, he kept passing his driver test. So, um, anyway, the car accident took care of that, but anyway, that's, that's so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am extremely grateful for my time with my mom. Like we had, Oh, it was a, uh, like, I think I protected myself around her. She, she, she was very volatile. She was very outgoing. She had tons of friends. Um, but mostly she was defended, like always this defended person. And it was really hard to be around her for me. Um, and even when I'd try to say, when she would get angry about something and I wasn't on her side or I'd say, oh, that must hurt. It doesn't hurt. There, you know, it would just have this harshness come back. Um, and so uh, we, like I called her every week and kept up on her life. And, um, but it, I didn't have like a really connected, close relationship with her. And so when she came home, she wasn't defended at all. And I mean, she was just grateful and I love you and you're so beautiful and very loving and very affectionate. Um, I mean, it took cancer and dementia (laughs) to get there, which is my dark humor coming out, but it was still very lovely. And she was, she was very much um, just grateful. And, you know, I, wake, come and see her in the morning. She was in this bed in the living room and I'd come in and she's like, Oh, when did you get here? You know, it was like a new day every day, but she's like, so good to see you. And, um, it was for me and our relationship, it was, it was very healing. I, I can't explain it except that I, we got to be together in like what I'll say is like mother daughter intimacy that I don't think I ever experienced prior to that. It really touches me to to hear that, to to hear that you you had that 
with her, especially in just the the remaining time that she was here mm-hmm. with us in this dimension. Yeah. 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 She was so full of love and, and gratitude. She just kept thanking us. Like my brother was there for part of the time and, oh, thank you. Thank you. And I love you. And, um, and she was funny. She was like very funny. So mm. yeah, I would have never like, if I had conjured up a way that my mom would leave this life and me to get a healing with her, that's not what I would come up with, but that's what happened. And it, I'm so grateful. I just, it's, I just really treasure that time. Um, I mean, we all have our wounds and we all have wounds from our primary caretaker. And so I have that. And then I'm able to separate that and just, yeah, just sort of separate the two. I, um, as I hear you, you share, um, about your experience and I, I can tell there, there's a lot of, of maybe wounds that, that happened throughout your life. And, um, specifically per- pertaining to your relationship with your mom and um i i don't i don't know the uh full extent of of what's happened and i but i what i do here is is there there was um a healing process that that you you didn't even uh, imagine would would be possible um and and it it sounds like it was a, a gift and and mm. also uh, potentially a, a a challenge to to really be be with her in that state and although it, from what you shared it, it seemed like she she just was there was like an an innocence and and a playfulness that that kind of came through and a gratitude you know and mm-hmm. even with the dementia, you know, I, I do, I, I haven't been around, um, many people who've had it and I, I'm not sure that I've shared with you, but I, my, my mom is, is going through some, some stuff mentally right now and, and with her mental health and it, kind of from what we've been talking about, it kind of sounds like it's the early onset of, mm. of dementia. And mm. it's, it's something that I, I, I don't even know that I can, can fully prepare for. Um, and I, I know that I, I want to go see her as soon as I can because I don't know like how quick or, or mm-hmm. um, what 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 shifts can happen and and I'm sure you you maybe had had that experience and and I'm curious what that that was like that that moment where you noticed the the shift of of her being present with you and then kind of not not being as present yeah yeah well first i'm really sorry that's happening for your mom and you it's dementia is so hard it's just uh so tricky um so with my mom 
I, um, she's kind of always been this larger than life character. Like when my mom's in a room, you would know it. She's very loud and she kind of very, um, uh, people think she says what she thinks. Uh, That's an expression. Oh, you always know where, where, like what's on her mind because she'll just say it, even if it's offensive and she'll just think too bad if you don't like it that's how i am kind of thing Mm. so she always had this little bit of wackiness to her so that when the dementia started coming in it wasn't really obvious because um like if she was wrong about something she would just keep fighting for being wrong and, and be more wacky about it like uh you know um one of the worst things was she donated her home to an organization and we didn't find out about it until five years after she did. And it scared me because she had no other assets. And I just worried that we would need her home as an asset to um, provide for her. And I went up and talked to her. I said, mom, you don't like, what are we going to do if, if you can't be at home? And she's like, too bad. I'll, we'll just, you know, and (laughs) She just would, you know, keep uh, standing for what she had decided five years instead of actually thinking, I mean, actually reconsidering and having it going and reversing that, that situation. But um, I think um, I don't, I don't, she did fall. Eventually she, she fell. It was two years ago. And, um, she hit her head. And so she ended up in the hospital. And I think at that point, uh, she had a brain bleed and the, they didn't say there was anything, um, long last, like long lasting, but we think from that point on it, she had a major decline. Mm-hmm. So, um, but she, we took her, we wanted to put her into the adult daycare and we took her for a tour of the, this place. And um, she was like, I'm not old enough for this. And here she's an 88-year-old woman who walks with a cane or a walker and uh, would keep falling in her home and call the, the paramedics to help pick her up because her husband couldn't. Um, and she said, no, I'm, I'm not old. I'm, I'm not old enough for this, like, senior care place and I and then we said well what about volunteering here and she's like well that I'll do you know (laughs) so um so I don't know if that answered your question but look the her wackiness may like disguise it for a very long time um but uh some things some things just it became it became clear yeah yeah no I um I think about just our our relationships with our parents as as we get older, you know, the the dynamics shift and it's it's no longer that that uh and I'll, I'll speak for myself um that kind of she's the mom and and I'm the son and I have to please please and um like just make sure like I, I think to an extent, yes, that still exists in in the relationship with my mom, and 
I've, I've found a way in which I get to share my perspective and, and it be something we can actually, we, t- we talk about with each other. And I, um, I feel like there's this point where we become like, we become the ones that take care of our parents. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's a, a really beautiful um, process that mm-hmm. can happen, you know, and, and, and maybe it happened a lot more in the past and, and things because people live so far away from their family members nowadays. And there are so many um, in care uh, living facilities for the elderly mm-hmm. um, that that process kind of doesn't happen as much. And, and I, I think about being with my grandma when I was maybe I think 10 or 11 and she was, she was um, coming into her last days on this earth with us. And my, my aunt, you know, she, she lived there with her for years and, and took care of her. And, and we would, once we moved a little closer to where she lived in the central Valley, um, we'd, we'd have her up for a weekend and Mm. it was almost like she became uh, a child again. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, there was just this sweetness and playfulness and, um, and I really, I appreciate, uh, I I really appreciated getting to have that experience with her because it it just left such these, such a a deep, um, like, loving and, and, and fondness for, for those times that we had together. And even, even if it was challenging in the past, you know, it, um, and and it's not to say like those challenging times or those times in which there were wounds that, that happen, um, just go away. It's, um, I'm, I'm wondering how, and, and it might still be uh, a process that you're going through. I, I mean, it's fairly recent, um, but how that that kind of feels with the unresolved um, things that were there, and and mm. moving into the grieving process of of losing her, and how that is for you. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I. I want to answer that, but I also want to go back to your point about how we're so, we live often now far away from our families. And I did see through those five weeks that I was with my mom, how if I had lived in the same city and we had a more, our lives are more intertwined, I would have noticed things more. She maybe not, wouldn't have given her home away. There would have been a more, um, uh, sort of a, a stronger relationship and and that there would be this natural way that I would start caring for her versus a very abrupt way because sometimes I'm like, how did we let this go on for so long? These two people living together who really both needed help. I mean, they're both very strong-willed and I don't know that we it would have gone down well either way, but um, uh, I do I do. I do see that, that because we're kind of, we separate from our families, um, 
it did change, it does change things for, for, for the dynamics or like for the caretaking toward the end, at least for me. I mean, I think many families aren't that like that, but for my family, it was that way. But, um, mm. so it's really interesting. I, um, I went through this, this sort of, um, thing like I was at the time there was so much free time I was going through all my mom's things and looking at her china that actually I don't think ever got used and thinking this is so like there's such a like in the end these things the china and the silverware and the this and the that nothing matters you know it's all just gets put in a box and it's you know someone's taking it or it's donated and she had hundreds of scarves and lots of jewelry and but um I was sitting there thinking like this like what matters is the like our relationship and that's what I'm holding on to um and I I feel because it was such a healing process I feel very very much um like how do I say this like I have my wounds and some of them were from a mom who was overwhelmed with her five children that she had within five years. And I was born, my sister wasn't even a year old when I came along. And so I have a lot more, I guess I'll say I have a lot more compassion for what she was going through. And um, so I, I, I'm able to se- separate that and just say, these are my wounds and what I struggle with or my adaptive behaviors or my um, repetitive patterns that I get that come up for me when I'm challenged or triggered. And um, so I don't have this like anger toward her any longer. It's sort of dissipated. I have a lot more room for what she was going through and her wounding. You know, I think I feel I have a lot more compassion for her than I ever did. Um, and I, I, I get my challenges and I, I give myself way more room for my own wounds too. I notice. So, um, yeah. So that did free up some really stuff I was holding on to some beliefs and, and, um, maybe even anger toward my mom. Yeah, it's it's like it's kind of transmuted into this like place in yourself where you're able to see a little more where she was coming from and what she might have been going through, and and yeah. know that she's human. <laughs> too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I and I I realize I rec and I recognize that I did want some relationship with her that I didn't have. And I didn't, I don't know that I ever would have had it given all the tools that I have. Um, and I can just see, I did like the sadness for me was that I never had that, that connected and, and just safe, safe space with her that I, that I needed. Um, and on the flip side, it's made, you know, I am who I am. Like it's made me who I am today which like I'm doing okay you know so um so there's a gift in that I'm not explaining it 
very well, I think, but there's a gift in all of it that I do see. Yeah. And I, I, I think about just how, um, I received a card from you while you were up there and just, um, hearing about your experience, um, and, and taking care of your mom and then also your, um, I don't know if you, you refer to him as your stepdad or your mom's husband. Um, and you know, there's just the, the capacity you had to hold that, you know, I, I don't know all of what that experience was like, but you were able to, to, to be in that. And mm-hmm. like, it's, it just, Oh, like I, I don't know many people that that would be able to just like turn on some kind of like superhuman part of themselves mm. to do that, and that's that's how I see it, you know. Mm. And and I um I just really admire that in you, and just your 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 thoughtfulness and and the way that you articulate yourself and in mm. the the letters that you write, and and I'm. I love getting getting your cards. Um, mm. Thank and, you. I love getting I, yours. <laughs> I I wonder was there there any cards that you you wrote to your mom um, that that really uh, that really stand out to you or? Um, mm. So. Um, this wasn't exactly a card, but, um, I did, oh, wow. I, God, I never in a million years thought this would come up today. But so when I was in college, I decided to write a journal of my interactions with my parents. My dad was alive at this point, but it ended up being the last year of his life. And I wrote about like, hearing from phone calls when we saw each other and um, what I felt about them and um, what they meant to me and what each meet, like specifically, like like, uh, I just got off the phone with you and that kind of thing. And, um, And in that September of that year, I started on January 1st and September of that year, my dad passed away. Um, he had a heart, I was living in Santa Barbara at the time. He had a heart attack and we were told to come home. And so uh, I have four siblings and one of them wasn't able to come home, but three were home and I was the last one. And I flew to San Francisco and then there was fog. So I had to rent a car and like, I was just so anxious to get up there. Anyway, I got there, I got to see him, say, tell him I love him. And then he passed away of a heart attack. But, um, so the journal from that point on talked about my experience with my mom and her navigating, burying her husband. And um, I gave it to her at the end of the year at, or at Christmas time. And, um, you know, as you can imagine getting a gift like that, it's a little bit like takes you out of the whole, you know, opening gifts experience. And um, <laughs> she read it. And um, just all of it right there, you know, and 
I, she was crying through it and I, it didn't say anything to me. Um, I think for a day or two, my sister-in-law picked it up to read it and she got really angry and took it and said, this is not yours, you know, and so <laughs> that's a little something that, um, but uh, I don't, and I actually don't have a memory of us talking about it ever again, but, um, I have that journal with me on my shelf and I, it's really hard for me to read. It's just so vulnerable and, and a little bit just brutal on the heart, you know, mm-hmm. but on the flip side, I, you know, I sent my mom cards for the birthdays and mother's day and, um, when she was sick, but I don't know that I would, I, I got vulnerable with her very often. And after that time for much at all. Yeah. I mean, sharing something so vulnerable and not even having some kind of acknowledgement or conversation about it is just like, like I noticed in myself, like almost Mm. like, Oh, I want to protect and, and, and guard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think she, like, we, some of us just don't have tools to express ourselves. And mm-hmm. she was one of those people. I, think. I mean, she had the outward, like, full expression, Betty, you know, Betty's in the house kind of thing. And um, mm-hmm. she had tons of friends. Um, but the, the expression, the vulnerable expressions and like the really tender tenderness that we all have some of us wear on our sleeve and some of us deep, deep inside of us. I don't think she had access to that. So, Well, I think there's, there's something about some, some of the past generations and and how they express and and share vulnerability and and their emotions. Um, You know, I, to this day, I, when I talk to to my mom on the phone and she gets so overwhelmed with the emotions that she's having, it's like, there's been times where she'll just hang up the phone. Like it, she's, mm. she starts to cry and it's like, she can't, she can't be in that and, and allow me to be in that with her. And mm. I think, I think about that and, and just modeling, modeling vulnerability and, and, you know, maybe, maybe they, they, they won't ever be able to express in that way fully. And, and I feel very fortunate for having therapy and, and learning various um, therapeutic modalities and, and learning the language of being able to express um, my emotions. And You're really good at it. It's really one of your gifts. Like it's a huge gift to other people to be around you and be witnessed by you. And also the, the acceptance that you bring to your, your being, your presence with others is so amazing. I'm sure she feels that. I, um, yeah, you know, I, I think about how she's expressed that she feels safe and, and can open up to me in ways Mm -hmm. that she hasn't been able to open up maybe to my sister or when my brother was here um, or even my dad. And 
I've, I've wanted to, to find someone in her life, whether it's a therapist or a counselor or somebody where she could really just have that space to, to open up. And mm. it's, it's like, I, it feels like it's a little foreign for her and she's just kind of apprehensive and kind of pushes that away. And yeah. Yeah, I just I want to help and yeah. and I know there's only so much that I can do especially from from being where I'm at now and and living um about 4 hours away from her. Uh Yeah. But but I do know um that my sister is trying to relocate both my parents to Las Vegas hopefully within the year and It'll be much closer to her and my niece and nephew. And I think mm. that that could be really helpful, you know, yeah. as you were, you were speaking to just if, if you were a little bit closer, like you, you maybe would have been able to just recognize some of these shifts that were happening within her mm-hmm. and, and just helped along the way. And, yeah. and, and it's, I, I don't feel like I'm in a position to to bring them up here and 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 create that and and I think my sister is in a little bit of a better situation. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. But I I, I want I want to be um, part of part of their lives in that way. Yeah, well, it's awesome that your sister might be able to bring them to Las Vegas because just have grandkids your mom to have the grandkids around it sounds like and Mm -hmm. and just have more interaction family interaction there and um and i i feel like you probably aren't giving yourself enough credit for how much you are impacting your mom's life like just being able to be that space she says that she feels comfortable to um open up to so Mm. but Distance is hard. It makes it hard. It does. I'm I'm curious uh, of how um, how things are with with your your siblings in this this moment. Do you do you feel like y'all are a little bit closer or still? Yeah. Just kind of going through your own processes. Or? Yeah. So we're all um, we live all like two people. Two, my bro- two of my brothers live in Idaho and far like hours away from each other. One brother does live in Las Vegas and my sister lives out in Colorado and um, I'm here in the Bay Area, California Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like three years ago, we all or four years ago, we all connected and went home to my mom's for Thanksgiving, which we n- we never made a point of getting together on holidays with each other. My sister used to live close, and I she was kind of my I'm single, never had children, so she's my with my family and her kids, and um, so we all connected on. Te- we have a text string that we've kept alive the entire time, and we still are today. We share about whatever's going on in our lives. Um, and for a lot of that time, it would be about our interactions with our, with my mom and, or I would visit a lot cause I'm the closest. And, um, um, and I'll just, I think, you know, this, but for the people listening, I'll explain that like, we all thought last Thanksgiving was our goodbyes. Most of my siblings thought that that was the time 
they were saying goodbye to my mom, knowing that she did have this cancer and that we weren't, it wasn't being treated. Um, but in the end, we all were there at her bedside when she took her last breaths. And um, we, it was, we knew it was toward the end. We were all just in the house or outside in the sunshine. And we, we, um, we were adjusting her and did a change and um, her eyes flew open. And, and at this point, her breasts were like so far apart, like 45 seconds or a minute apart sometimes, or we just so hard. Like I just was, just could not leave her side because I just knew it was just, <laughs> you know, it was just getting close. And, um, and then, so three of, like, it always took three of us to change her because she would get really agitated being t- turned on her side. So someone would just be have to be at her head and say, it's okay, mom, we got you. You're not going to fall. And somebody else would hold her and somebody else would change the diaper. But anyway, we repositioned her and she, her eyes flew open. At this point, her eyes were pretty much closed all the time. And um, we all just said, hey guys, something's going on with mom. And so the five of us. And then I had two sisters-in-law there and her husband were all surrounding her and just really loving her up. And, um, we're here for you, mom. We love you. Uh, I, I have a religious brother, like go to God, mom. And, um, Hmm. and so within minutes we knew she had passed and we were just all in tears and my brothers were like, Oh my God, I have the best family. I love you guys so much. I can't, I'm so glad I'm here. All every, we were just all hugging each other and just loving each other up. And Mm. so uh, grateful that everybody made the decision to come home that last week. Um, And, um, we we stayed in touch a lot afterwards like just one like everybody left at different times and one by one and then finally my my sister and I stayed a week to to like make sure my her Don her my stepdad um was taken care of and we had a plan for him and then I got home and then my sister was like the last one. And so we were all just making sure everyone got home safely. And now it's slowed a little bit. Um, but we all just have a huge amount of love for each other and, Mm -hmm. um, and thankfulness. And they, for me, since I was carrying the bulk of the load, they're so grateful to me. Like it was just, I, I actually felt so, supported by all of my siblings the entire time. And they just kept saying, thank God for Diane. Thank God for Diane. Thank you so much. And, um, and I, I get shy about it. I just felt like I'm just doing what I'm, what needs to be done. I was taking care of mom, you know? And, um, the one thing that did happen. So, um, we haven't talked explicitly about, like, I know you lost, Jesus earlier this year and and Mm -hmm. how grief is such a private and internal thing, at least for me, it has been, but, um, 
somebody gave me a book called Healing After Loss, and it's a little pocketbook, and it has for every day of the year, it has like a little passage and then a reflection, and it's kind of like a meditation. And my brother's birthday was uh, last month, and I just snapped the passage for that day and made a photo of it and put it, sent it out in text. And it was, it was, it was a beautiful passage about um, making sure to not connect the grief with your loved one forever. Like the grief can go away and you can just, the love for your loved one whose past can stay on. And just to like, just make, just a reminder to do that, like separate them, but be in your grief as much as you need to. And then, um, and then stay with the love that you had for that person and what they brought to your life. And um, it just felt like the right thing that all of us needed to hear, but it was perfect that it ended up being on his birthday. So Mm -hmm. It sounds very synchronistic and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been like that. I have one other, if we have time, I have one other, like a little bit more, like I was just really upset one day. Uh, I was back home. I was just like crying and I think about my mom and I'm like, I don't remember what she looked like at the end. Like, was I not present? Was I, was it too painful? Did I just have this memory just go away because like, why don't I remember? Cause I was there. I know I was there and I just had a good cry. And then I turned to that book and it, the, it said, you may have times where you start to forget what they look like or what they sound like. And I'm, I just was like, wow, like things like that. I love when things like that happen and <laughs> synchronicity is like the perfect word. And um, it's like, wow, I like, this is happening, but, um, and it just reflected, like, it's okay that this happens, you know, and, and you do, you will have memories that come back, but, you know, it just was very, yeah, it was a perfect, perfect thing for that, that exact day. Mm, I, uh, I just want to, yeah, I hope you're, you're able to, to just see how, uh, how amazing, um, you are and and the amount of love that you have for your family and and for your mom and and just yeah just that i i I could hear the appreciation they have for you and and for for all that you did for your mom um as she was in her final days and um with grief it's it's really interesting you know i i it's hard for me sometimes just to be held in it by others. Mm-hmm. And and I had the experience of just having a conversation with another friend about grief. And they were like, I just, if you're open to it, can, can I just like hold you in that for a moment? You know, and mm. I, um, yeah, I just, I want to, I want to hold you. Um, and, in whatever uh, space you're in right now and, and in your process around grief and just really touched and, and grateful for, for you being willing to have this conversation today and share so, so vulnerably. And um, I hope that, that people listening 
if if they have gone through something similar or come up against something similar in their life, I'm sure um, we'll have uh, something to gain from this conversation and, and navigating that process for themselves. Mm. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for saying that. I, I, I'm just going to take it in. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Um, There's a part of me wants to actually like say something profound or, you know, very, you know, yeah, profound, but I I just want to take that in. It's, It's part of loving is being able to receive it when it comes in and not, and not just push it back out or deflect it. And I, I'm, that's a, that's a place for me to learn and stretch. So thank you. It feels really good. Um, and uh, I feel really, yeah, I'm just grateful to my siblings and to what, and for what you just said, just like, cause I do just like, I think we all, maybe I'll just speak for myself, have a tendency to dismiss the, the love when it's coming in, you know, and the gratitude and, Maybe a little bit of a, a nourishment barrier. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So take down my tough guy armor and <laughs> let it in. It feels good. So yeah. thank you. Is there um, anything else that you you want to leave the listeners with today? Or mm. yeah, or just say for yourself. No, nothing in particular. Yeah, it just what this really uh, brings to mind is um, that it's not like the grief isn't over, you know. And I do know that um, there's more for me to do. I'm back to my everyday life, and and I'm giving myself tons of room to feel what I feel, and. Um, yeah, so just to just be really compassionate with ourselves about those feelings, especially the hard hard feelings. So, and, and what you just said and um, how you are with me, I always, it's always a reminder to to just yeah have that self compassion for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you mm. so much. Thank I you, love you. Sam. I love you too <laughs> so much. Thank you all so much for listening today. If any of you'd like to find out more about the work that I do, you can go to samsebastian.com. That's S A M S E B A S T I A N.com. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email that's sam at samsebastian.com. Much love.